Right to be read podcast, episode number 34, interview with Steve Scott. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone. This is the Right to be Read podcast and your host, Annie Alexander. I'm really happy that you're back to the show and you're listening to me again. It really, really makes me warm inside. Thanks again for being here. Before I get to the very interesting interview that I have for you today, I would like to ask you several questions. So do you have a story inside you that you want to share with the world? Do you dream of seeing your name on the bestseller cover? Do you have a special story to tell? If yes, then the biggest question is, what are you waiting for? If the reason you have not written a book yet is that you have doubts or you simply don't know where to start, then I'm here for you. I spent years in high-stress corporate world as a marketing specialist for big brands. That was until I finally burned out and decided to strike out on my own. I decided to follow my passion and become a writer. The only problem was I knew nothing about writing, self-publishing and book marketing back then. Oh yeah, and I also couldn't afford to hire anyone to help me. But what I did have was time and that's the one great benefit to being jobless. So I dug in and through trial and error and more error and eventually I became Amazon best-selling author. I did it the slow and the hard way. And believe me, that was not fun. That is why I'm offering you the fast and easy way instead. One-on-one, one-month coaching session with me. Besides the encouragement and over-the-shoulder guidance, by the end of the coaching month, you will have a clear vision of what kind of book you want to write, practical publishing and marketing action plan, and an author website where your readers will be able to find you. And that website, I will create it for you, so you will have it ready. Basically, you will be all set for your exciting journey of becoming an author. So if you'd like to learn exactly how I could help you. I'm happy to show you for free right now. Simply contact me by sending an email to Annie, A-N-I, at AnnieAlexander.com, Annie at AnnieAlexander.com, and we'll schedule your free 30-minute Skype call with me, and we'll take it from there. So now we can go back to the interview. Well, today I'm interviewing Steve Scott. I met Steve at Pat's first Kindle Book Closed Facebook group. The group already has over 8,000 members and Steve has been one of the most active and helpful guys in there. Steve Scott has built a reliable Kindle publishing business. Now he's making full-time income with his Kindle books. He works on his business for about 15 to 20 hours per week and has over 25 full-length Kindle books in the market. Well, hello, Steve, and thank you so much for coming to my show. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Ani. Well, I've uh, met you on Pat Flynn's uh, Kindle um, publishing group, uh, his, his first Kindle group, or now, how is it called now, by the way? <laughs> Pat'sFirstBook.com, I think it's the actual URL, it's, but I think it's like a first, like, one ST, uh-huh. I think that, 
I think it's that. That's a, I have to look it up, but uh, I'll give it to you for the show notes. But yeah, pat'sfirstbookgroup.com. Uh, okay, so for our listeners, as a background story, this is where I met Steve. It's an amazingly useful uh, resource. It's a closed Facebook group for Kindle writers and publishers, and we're over seven thousand already there. And you know, we we're getting many questions. We help each other. We support each other, and we share different uh, hints and tricks and anything that we kind of used and it worked. So Steve has been one of the most active members of the group and when we met he was just starting, right Steve? Uh, yeah, pretty much I, I, well, I joined in, I think it was August of 2012 and pretty much started full-time in September 2012. So almost at the moment I joined is when I really started getting active in Kindle Publishing. Okay, so let's get back and see uh, how did you think about Kindle Publishing? What were you doing before that and how did you get into this? Uh, I'll, I'll make a, a long story short. Um, I was looking for different traffic generation strategies back to my blog, uh, stevescottsite.com. That was a mostly internet marketing, affiliate marketing type of blog. And I wanted to... The idea was to take a lot of my blog posts and put it up as a Kindle book, which I learned was kind of a rookie mistake. But I put a couple books together. Uh, really, the quality wasn't there. I just was just testing the waters. And what I noticed, that it didn't really generate traffic, but it actually generated some income. And I was, um, after publishing two books, I noticed that my books were making anywhere from $10 to $20 a day. And that quickly made me realize that this was an actual legitimate income strategy. So... I just decided one day, instead of blogging all my content, I would put them in the form of short books, anywhere from ten to 15,000 words, just about uh, different internet marketing strategies. And I would just put them up there, and I would get my email list to, to go review and download and see, see how that worked out. And for about a year, it really worked out really well, and then I made a transition to the habits market, just something I've always found interesting. And that was when everything really started to explode. So it was just been kind of a throwing books out there, pr trying to provide as much quality as, as possible, but just testing the water. So it's just been, uh, I guess, one successful uh, two-year process. <laughs> okay, so can we say that actually you made a shortcut because uh, I presume you were trying to drive traffic in order to, to make income and like this, you just straight away started making income, overpassing the first stage, let's say. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I feel that... Um, I always have to give this caveat to people. I had an email list beforehand, and it's been my experience that email marketing and having a crowd of people that go can download, review, and buy your books, uh, that really is the best way to, um, or that's the mo most useful uh, marketing strategy of them all. So would you actually advise them, let's say someone is starting from scratch and they don't have an email list, should they keep writing books and wait until meanwhile they are gathering emails and, and enlarging their uh, email list and launch the books once they already have a sufficient uh, number of emails or they can do it simultaneously? I would say kind of simultaneously. That said, I would go back before even writing the first book, I would put together what I call a lead magnet. And if you're a fiction writer, that could be a short story about uh, a character that people like or something in the in the world that they're writing about. Or if you're in a nonfiction market, take the biggest problem that your particular niche has and write a free solution for that, like a strategy guide or a couple of tips or something that would have a lot of high perceived value. But work on that before even working on your first book. 
And then every time you launch a new book or have a new offer, you put uh, some sort of advertisement in the front of the book advertising this free offer. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say almost get, get started building the email list before really um, writing your first book or if you're currently writing a book right now, get started at the same time working on the free offer. So actually, when you are launching a Kindle book, uh, I mean, Amazon is all about getting the momentum and having like the short period uh, concentrated sales and reviews and everything around the book. So what else besides your email list helped you get the momentum from your books? I would, I would say a couple of things. I would say being part of the, uh, the aforementioned Facebook group. I, I think if, if you go on there and kind of like, I feel like what we both do is you're, if you're more they're always consistently helping people and you're answering questions and you're doing stuff where it's not always just buy my book, buy my book, that when you do launch a book and you provide a tip or you provide some helpful advice in addition to the book, people are more inclined to go out and go check it out. And I would say if you do that in a number of forums or Facebook groups, like I I just stick to the one because I I don't really have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But if you make it a point, if you're always making connections, um, you can you can launch it through social media. Uh, also, if you have a blog, I'm a big proponent of having at least one platform, a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel, something where you're connecting with people. And mm-hmm. same ideas is if you're creating content on a consistent basis in your market every time you have a book, people will be more inclined to check it out and potentially review it, that sort of thing. And I would say from there, I put advertisements on my blog that pushes the book. But once you, once you launch a book, and I, I'm... I'm a big fan of launching a book at 99 cents where the mm-hmm. uh, conventional wisdom is to launch it for free. I prefer to launch at 99 cents and get as many purchases as possible. And that over a period of a week, that, that tends to convince Amazon through the algorithm that's a book worth promoting and then they start to do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's just about getting to the stage when Amazon will notice you and then, you know, help you out and do the heavy work for you, right? Yeah, I, I would say... It's hard because I don't, I don't want to put it in actual quantified viable terms, but I would say if you can get at least 100 sales at 99 cents on your own, you're far far better launching it at uh, that price instead of just launching it for free. But it's one of the things you almost have to try on your own to really see which works for you. Mm-hmm. And when you just started, you said you were putting out books to test the ground. Uh, did you test like the categories, the, the subjects of your books? Did you make any research and decided what your first book will be about? Or how did you go about this? It was it was weird because I, I kind of approached it from a different angle where I knew a lot about internet marketing, affiliate marketing. So I just, I kind of took some ideas that I was toying around for blog posts and I just wrote them in book form. So mm-hmm. it was just it, it was if you're in a, in a marketing, it's really like granular type of stuff. Like I I created a couple of YouTube videos that actually generated I think it was like eighteen hundred dollars just from one YouTube video. I'm like, oh, that's a good topic for a book. Kind of reverse engineer how I went about doing that, and um, and then one of them was basically how to write a book in 21 days. So it was just it was kind of it, it came about from a lot of questions I was getting on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as categories, on I know there are lots of people really geek out on the categories and keywords and stuff like that. I really um, I don't do that. I think if you have one or two books out there, it's definitely worth your time to figure out the perfect keywords and perfect categories for your books. But just it goes again back to the time I just found that the best way to market a book besides an email list is just to write another book. 
Uh huh. Exactly, and that's what I'm I'm hearing over and over again. Actually, that you know that that's what one should do, not to stop on book one or two, but continue periodically and and uh, consistently putting out books all over there. Uh, so you said that you, what you did was take some content from your blog and and create a book out of it, and it wasn't a good idea. Why wasn't it a good idea? I would say. I would say um, you could use blog content, and I'll, I'll get back to my reason why in a second. But I would say the mistake I made was I just put five blog posts together and just threw them up there, and really I didn't I didn't edit it well. I, it it just basically it came across as five different distinct sections that just didn't flow very well, and it was I, it was some about uh, fifty five ways to make money online. So I just took five different blog posts about the mm-hmm. about the diff- different income strategies and kind of put it together, and I. Did it? Did a, a kind of jangy introduction and conclusion that weren't really that didn't really flow very well. So, in other words, it's really kind of amateur effort. That said, I do feel you can repurpose your blog content, but I would say you should do a almost total rewrite and make it fit the kind of style and format of the book and kind of the problem that you're solving. And honestly, everything should be done through an editor. I'm like a firm believer now of getting at least uh, one editor to look over your stuff, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess overall, you can just reuse your content, but I would say be careful from a readability standpoint. Also, if you're in a KDP Select program, they require you to have 90-day exclusivity, and if, you're, if your content's printed elsewhere, you could be uh, violating the rules. So, at, if you're definitely in your KDP Select program, you want to do a complete rewrite of your content. And what do you think about the KDP Select program? Would you recommend it, and why? I would s- See, right now I'm actually I'm literally been kind of mulling it over uh, for myself. But I would say if you're get getting started and you have zero platform, I say KB Select is the best way to go for the simple fact that with a lot of their tools you can get extra exposure, you can get borrows on your book, you can uh, do the aforementioned uh, free launch for five days. Um, there's the Kindle Unlimited, uh, which almost like a borrow to X, just like a sale, someone reads 10% of your content. So I feel KDP Select offers a lot to new authors. As an established author, I'm starting to rethink having some of my books in the program. Like I, I don't really think it's a good long-term strategy putting your eggs all in one basket. Mm-hmm. So I, I think long-term wise, you should test it almost on a book by book basis. If you, if you, if one book was selling really well and it's not selling anymore, and you've run numerous promotions over on it over like a course of a year, then maybe you want to move it out to another pro, uh, platform. But, and that's actually something I'm looking to do in the next month, couple of months, is move some of my books onto. Uh, Kobo and Nook and all the other major major book platforms. Uh huh. Okay, I see. Well, actually, it's it's something that many people discuss and never agree about. This is uh, many argue that since Amazon is like the biggest market leader and the others are much smaller, why bother with the others? It's better to concentrate on Amazon. But apparently, there are some advantages with the other platforms as well. What have you discovered there? Um, actually, I really since I haven't discovered uh, since I haven't moved any book on the other platforms, I can't really talk intelligently about the other ones. What I have found is, for me, even though it's dangerous to put all your eggs in, in one basket, I felt that I probably wouldn't have sold anywhere near as many books if I had my content all over the place. I, fe- I found that just concentrating on the Amazon platform and almost using every single book as an entry point to my funnel, I think that's the reason I've been pretty successful. It's just I just have one call to action for readers, just go check out my other books. And that, that's really, that's the one thing I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to drill home with, with the people that follow my content. 
Mm-hmm, I see. Well, uh, let's be clear with our listeners. Uh, I mean, if you're not comfortable, we won't mention any figures, but uh, you're making full-time income out of your Kindle books only, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, easily full-time income. Easily full-time income. And you reached this point in, in what period of time? It, for me, it was fairly early on. Uh, it's weird because I feel like I'm a little bit an outlier. Like I I, I think just the, the sole fact that I, I work from home full-time and I don't have a part-time job, I was really, even though I only spent 15 to 20 hours a week, I, I feel I had a little bit of advantage that honestly some people might not have. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say early on, let's see, I would say probably around February of 2013 is right around the time I started uh, making full-time income. Uh, that said, I, I had I had stuff coming from other sources at the time, from affiliate marketing stuff. So I didn't really feel like I, I absolutely needed to um, rely just on my Kindle income up until pretty much now. Okay, so it took you, like, how many books do you have right now? And how many years in total did it take you to get to get where you are now okay it, it took about five months for me um i have a total of 42 ish books but 15 of those were kind of a, a children's book experiment that i outsourced and um i didn't do a lot of the content right and they were short they're like four four thousand words so i would say out of that maybe 25 ish or books are full-length kindle books anywhere from 12 to uh 20 some odd thousand words a piece and you wrote them in five months um, oh no, I'm sorry. The, for, to the point five at the five month mark, the books I had at that time, I would say was around seven or so. So it, I pretty much went through a period where I was writing a book every three to four weeks. So I would say from September 2012 to February 2013, I think I wrote about seven in that time frame. Uh, or I'm sorry, I had uh, I had two before that, so I guess five in that time frame. So uh, one, a little one per month. Yeah, one per month. One per month. Okay, well, that that's very productive, actually, because, I mean, I, I know many people who, who kind of write uh, books uh, in, in a year, at least, and I know many, many people who don't even finish a book because they edit it while writing, and, and they Ooh, keep yeah. on editing it and going back and forth, and, you know. And, and I, I know another person who I don't know if he will have any book out because he's convinced and he's absolutely he he just wants to be traditionally published so he's waiting for two years to get a an agent who will eventually get a, a traditional publisher later on so it's you know having one book a month is is just you know very efficient let's say how do you do this i mean okay time wise i understand that uh, maybe you have more time than the others uh, i mean the others i mean those who have a full time job but still i mean it's about discipline it's about writing habits and it's about many many other things which still uh, people who are home all the time still don't manage to do i I would say for me it really like like you kind of mentioned it's the writing habit and i'm by far not a natural writer but i am fairly disciplined to the fact that each morning before i like even getting on a a skype call or, or checking email or doing anything else with my day i'll force myself to sit down and write at least 1000 2000 words 
And then I'll go through my day. I'll, I'll do whatever other marketing type of stuff, other type of content creation. But I would say a couple times a week, I also go to Starbucks and I'll spend a couple hours writing there as well. So it really is a matter of discipline. And I know it, it for the people who are listening to have full-time job, that's, it's, it seems like you just don't have enough time in a day. But you'd be surprised that if you really schedule something in there and you're willing to sacrifice a few things here and there, um, you can actually carve out at least an hour a day. Um, I, I would say the earlier in the day, the the better, because the simple fact that like what you probably know is as you grow through the day, things distract you or mm-hmm. stuff just falls in your lap and you're just, you're just, you just get busy with stuff. But if you wake up and you do this before anything else, you know that the rest of the day you've done your most important thing for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine. And yes, I'm absolutely certain that if you are committed enough, you will find the time because I have listeners who are writing during their lunchtime. And uh, I have some others who are uh, writing before they go to bed. So there are always some, you know, one hour slot is not too much. You can always find one. It just depends how bad you really want to make this happen. And what do you think was the turning point? What made things tick? When did you realize that it's working and it's moving forward? And this is what will will be the thing that you will be doing from now on. I think for me is when I made the change over to start writing about habit books. And that really took me, I would say it's been about a year now since I just decided to focus on that instead of the internet marketing thing. And the, I guess the lesson I learned from that is when you're writing about internet marketing, affiliate marketing, that sort of thing, how to make money online, it's a very kind of specific niche market. You think that everyone would want that content, but actually it's a surprisingly small market. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things where everyone, if they made a dollar online, they feel the need to, to write about it. So for me, uh, switching over to talking more about habits and stuff that I've actually really uh, do on a daily basis, that was a major turning point uh, for me, just kind of switching the markets and Basically, starting over, I, obviously, I used my, the email list I had with the uh, internet marketing to kind of push some of my books, but I felt it was just important for me to make a clean clean break from just writing about internet marketing stuff and focusing on kind of stuff that's a little more mass market appealing. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's easier to write about the thing you are more interested and passionate about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I... I I definitely talk a lot of stuff I write about in my books. I just it's actual advice I give to people on a regular basis. So it's it's not like I just write about this stuff to turn a buck. It's stuff I truly believe in. So I I feel if I'm always thinking about it and always doing it on a consistent basis, it, the content kind of flows much easier when I'm writing. Okay, I see. Okay, so now we are clear about the discipline and the writing habit and writing a book, at least one book per month, right? I would say. I, I've definitely slowed down the process. I'm now more of a six weeks-ish, sometimes less, sometimes more. And just a simple fact, I feel that Amazon, um, in general, the small book markets that get a little more competitive. So one of the ways I'm trying to compete is just provide uh, a higher level quality of content. So I'm trying to hit word counts of anywhere from 20 to 25,000 words. So it, it takes a little bit longer. So uh-huh. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to up my game because I know that people, other people are trying to – there's a lot more competition. Okay, I see. And once you have the book in place, I mean, you already have it finished, edited, and you have the cover and everything. Uh, what are your like next steps? Do you have a special book launch? Uh, like, I don't know, any, any special event around that? Or just put it out for 99 cents, let your mailing list know, and, and that's all you do? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I'm 
really a firm believer that the book launch really does a lot of the heavy lifting. Obviously, inside the, the book launch, there's um, a direct link to all my books on Amazon. There's At the very end, there's other books. So I, I feel every time I launch a book, I actually see an uptick in my older books um, in, the, in the sales volume of my older books. And upwards, I've seen actually – on some book launch, I see my older books increase sales by by fifty percent more. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, the the book launch itself is really. I, I know some people, and there there are a lot of great books about this. Uh, specifically, there's a book called The Book Strapper by um, Ryan Holiday and Tucker Max that really go into a, a lengthy. If you're launching just one book every year, it it provides a great resource of all the different things you could do. That said, it's just it comes down to the time factor. I just know that me personally. That just writing that next book is a better marketing strategy. So I just I try to to do a lot during the first couple of days of going to social media, uh, supporting the book, answering questions, sending emails out to my list, promoting on my blog, uh, maybe a slide share or two. But that said, I'm I'm almost halfway through the the book launch. I'm actually like starting to work on my next book. So it's just for me, it's uh, for want of a better term, it's just more like a production schedule. I just I try to get I try to keep the consistency there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. And that's for the beginning stage. But when you leave it later on, so it's it, you rely on the next book launch to to keep the other books selling, or or do you do anything specific for uh, to keep the ongoing sales? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, sh- I, I should have mentioned that. you're right. Um, I am part of a couple of different. Like I, I've I've also kind of make a point of networking with other people as well. Um, that's actually a habit I'm trying to develop in myself. So I'm always just reaching out to other people I know are in the book publishing space and talking to them. So over a while, I've made a couple of connections where they have uh, private uh, book promotion periods where you give, you give a book to that. Like basically, you've dropped the, the price of the book down to 99 cents again through the Kindle, uh, through KDP Select. And I try to increase sales um, through that. And I'm I'm constantly dropping my prices and and teaching my list that like if you stay on my email list I'll I'll let you know whenever a book's at ninety nine cents. So I try to encourage the idea that if you stick with me you'll get special deals on my book on a consistent basis. And mm-hmm. um, I'm honestly I'm always trying to test different price points, dropping prices. Um, I'm sorry I don't test different price points. I like two ninety nine, but I'm testing different. Um, promotional periods for 99 cents and stuff like that and i found almost always having a book at 99 cents really helps the overall brand mm-hmm. yeah i see well also i don't know uh, if you've noticed that but at least from from the group we are at uh, from from the comments i'm getting and seeing what people say actually um, you have very loyal readers so basically what i'm seeing is when you get one reader he he ends up buying any anything that comes out by you because they trust the quality because they like the brand they like the content and the topic most probably so you end up having like uh, the minimum group of people who will definitely buy your next book uh how did you manage to have this <laughs> I, i would say one book at a time and i'll be the first to admit that i've made some missteps i've wrote one or two books that just really I guess I thought it was a great idea, but it just didn't really, my execution was bad. So I, I try to fulfill the expectations, but sometimes I fall short. Um, I would say it just, it's just one book at a time. And I really do believe in the model that if you get a person to read one book, they're more likely to go on to buy your second, third, fourth, 10th, 15th, 20th book. So if you just consistently get stuff out there and you offer them different deals and 
you also answer their questions whenever people email me. I'm always like responding back and I'm always trying to help them without any like any benefit to me. I'm just I like answering questions and helping people out. So I I just feel that's a uh, a natural evolution of how I can get continuous sales, but I don't really have like a quote unquote strategy for that. It's just one book at a time, one email at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. So basically, if we try to to kind of come up with the the major points of of the things that you you are for, it's the email list. It's launching it at ninety nine cent and shipping uh, consistently new books. Those yeah, are like the th- the three things you're doing basically. Yeah, I would say adding a fortress of human connection and networking. Um, Talking, talking to people on a one-by-one basis. I, I feel all four of those are, are really the, the cornerstones of my strategy. Okay, yeah. And, and apparently it works very well because when I'm comparing it to other strategies, it's quite uh, time-wise and money-wise, it's, it's very effective actually because having it in such a short frame of time, being able to have a full-time income out of Kindle books, that's, that's very impressive. And usually uh, there are many people who do that, but usually you don't get so many good feedbacks about the books because because of the speed and the quantity of the books, very often people don't really put out such a good quality as at the end. So keeping the quality, I think, is also like the major thing that helped you uh, succeed. Yeah, I would definitely say that. And actually, in my opinion, actually, that should be number one. It's the, the quality is more important. And I'm all about production and habits and systems. But at the end of the day, if you're not providing a valuable reading experience, long, long-term-wise, you're just you're not going to make a business out of it. And like I said, I, I kind of mentioned a couple of books and like the reason those books got reviewed badly was because maybe the idea was good, but the actual execution was poor. So uh, I, I would say, don't be afraid if you just write a bad book, just to, to learn from the experience and move on. But you definitely want to, you want to try improving your process. You want to try improving the quality every time you come out with a new book. Okay. And do you use outsourcing? Do you outsource your content or you mainly write it yourself? Or what do you outsource if you do anything? I would say I, I write about 90% of it. That said, if something, if, if a certain section requires a lot of research, like building links, finding out um, the different, um, I, I think a good example is like I'll have some sections that, that break down a lot of different links about different uh, ideas. And a lot of it just requires research. So I'll have my VA go out and research a bunch of it and there's been times in the past where I, I, I have something I know that doesn't necessarily need to be written by me so I'll, I'll outsource like a section of a book like a 2,000 word section or something mm-hmm. like that but but overall like the architecture of the book the outline the format like all the, the stuff behind it is come from me it's just certain little sections I'll just I'll pass on to someone else mm-hmm. I see and the book cover uh, yes actually i uh, that's another thing I definitely outsource. I, there's no way I could come up with a remotely attractive book cover. It would look awful. But uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I do believe in also paying someone that, that's really good at book covers. And if uh, people email me, I, I'm more than happy to share the name of my book cover designer. But uh, yeah, so I, I pay for edits. I pay for book cover. I'm now paying for formatting. I, I feel that the more you can invest in your business, um, having people that know what they're doing, the better you'll do long term. Also, I pay for audio and the print version. So, 
Uh-huh. By the end, by the end of the day, I, I invest fifteen hundred dollars around for my each of my books. Uh, you don't have to go as high as that, but I, I feel that for the overall reading experience, that's the amount that I feel really can like lay your book with a solid footing when you launch it. Uh-huh. And do I understand correctly that more books you have and uh, you know higher income you start getting, and you can afford investing more in the the upcoming book? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, if you're just getting started out for the people listening, I, I don't feel like you have to spend all this money. I'd say you can get away with. I would say you want an edit, and you want it. You want to have a good cover, but you don't have to spend much as me. But I would say don't just go the Fiverr solution where you're trying to. Um, I know probably people in the past have said use Fiverr. I'm not really a, a fan of Fiverr as far as e covers. Um, but if you find something that's halfway decent, there, there's nothing wrong with getting it out there. I would say just mostly invest in the edits and try to find the best possible cover for the lowest possible price. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm I'm also suggesting that if they can't really afford a good designer, it's better even to find a pre-made cover which is suitable for their book rather than going to Fiverr, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, I'm going to forget his URL, but I think Derek Murphy, uh, I think it's a creativeindie.com, and I might have to give you the, the, the correct URL for the show notes, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure he does pre-made templates of covers, and I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty affordable prices, so mm-hmm. I, I would have to double-check that as I'm just pulling out my butt right now, but I, I know he does really good quality covers, and he's offering some pre-made packages for authors, so that might be worth checking out as well. Okay, I see. Well, I mean, it sounds amazing because as a result, you know, from doing what you love, basically, and and I think uh, for our listeners who are dreaming to become writers, it's it's even like a more valuable because they're kind of, you know, it's their passion and that's something they do even uh, for no money at this stage, let's say. So apparently uh, what is inspiring is that by doing what you love, you eventually get, get uh, freedom in life and you end up uh, being free to do what you want uh, and also you, you get financial freedom at the same time, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, no, that, that I would say at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for me is just having the flexibility to do what I want pretty much any time I want. And this past summer, I just took a, a basically took off two and a half months and just did whatever I wanted without really working. So it was nice knowing that stuff was generating income while I was out gallivanting across Italy. Okay, well, that that's the magic of the passive income, I guess, yeah. <laughs> because it, it works while you're resting, even if you're taking a month or two or three to, to take a rest and to just yeah. fuel um, your batteries to, to write more books. Well, I guess, I don't know, anything else like your last words you would like to share with, with our listeners? I would say, because um, you, you mentioned before about different people just not getting books out there i would really say don't underestimate the power of having a writing habit of sitting down you don't necessarily have to hit a thousand or two thousand words a day but even even a couple hundred words every single day as long as you're consistent uh, you can move mountains so let's just say you you can only write 300 words every single day if you do that over a course of a month that's nine thousand words um, do that in two months, that's pretty much a Kindle book right there. So you may not have a fast production speed, but at least you're consistently getting stuff out there. And 
I would say just just force yourself to sit down for at least a half hour every single day, even if you have to miss, I don't know, Walking Dead or, or uh, The Biggest Loser or whatever TV show you like. It's well worth it if you have that little bit of time that you can start building a business. Well, absolutely. And I think you're like the live example that it's possible. And because many people, they, there are like two different reactions to this when, when we are talking about live examples of people who are making money with Kindle books. There are two extreme reactions. One is that they immediately think that they can do it too and it will happen overnight. So eventually they get disappointed when their <laughs> first book is out and it doesn't make money. Or the other one is they don't believe it and they think that, no, you know, it's, it's just something people talk, it's not possible, it can't be, etc. So what I'm encouraging our listeners to take a more objective look at this. And of course, as we see, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen with the first book, which is out. But at the same time, believe that it's possible because it is. Yeah, definitely. And I would say the final thing, just to add to what you just said, is consistency and just resilience that perhaps your first couple of books won't take off. And I've had a couple of experiences like that where when it got started in the habits market, the first couple didn't do as well. But then by the fourth or fifth book, things just started really clicking. And then suddenly the books that quote unquote, no one wanted suddenly started selling. So it's just, it's just consistency and get stuff out there and just keep on when you get feedback from people, um, if whatever's positive, keep doing whatever's negative, start changing and just use each book as a learning experience about how you can improve your process, improve the connection that you have with readers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Steve. I'm, I'm sure like we, we had a, a very like concentrated, packed interview with lots of uh, useful information and lots of tips. And, you know, we, we made it quite practical, I guess. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So thanks a lot for sharing your experience, for sharing your tips with our listeners. And uh, I'm sure like latest in a month, We'll, we'll see yet another book from you. <laughs> oh, hopefully by the end of the week, actually. Oh, well, even, even good. So you'll, you'll just share the link with me and I'll make sure that they are in, in the show notes as well. So we'll, okay. we'll send some love to your new book as well. Okay, well, thank you for having me on. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you and have a nice day. Well, that was it for today. You can check out the show notes at www.anelexander.com backslash 34. Four. In the next episode, which will be coming out on Thursday, I will be interviewing Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, so make sure you don't miss that one out. And the last words of encouragement from me, well, as you see, everything is possible, you can make it, no one had any magic buttons when they succeeded and they didn't use any magic spells. It was a result of hard work. It was a result of patience, dedication and daily writing routine. So have you written your daily dose already? Have you written your 1000 words? If you haven't, I guess it's time to go and do that. Take care and see you next time. <laughs>